Welcome to Stuck in My Mind podcast, the show where we dive into the mind of a regular guy on his road to self-discovery. You'll hear everyday people just like you share the latest topics, personal stories, and things they've learned along the way. And now, please welcome your host, Wise. And welcome to another episode. I am your host, W-I-Z-E Wise, and I have a very special guest on. He is actually the host of Foul Players Radio. He's also an actor, the amazing Michael Barton. What's How going on, Barton? How Wise? It's good to talk to you tonight, my friend. Oh, man. Uh, finally get a chance to hook up since we've been in uh, <laughs> SJ together for all this time. So yes, uh, yes. it's an honor to be here. I'm glad to you know, come on the show tonight and talk to you and everything. And um, so, yeah, yeah, um, I've been looking forward to this here um we've gotten to meet a lot of great people and we've gotten a, you know an opportunity to kind of promote back and forth and guest and host and with each other and um it's a great world and i'm you know glad to be surrounded by such good people i've like i i've been podcasting uh i don't know probably six months now i've met some great people in the network and i've oh I've, yeah i've been on some great shows and it's, it's just it's to me, I just have a good time. I like to talk to people and just enjoy and have a good time. It's like so much negativity out there. It's just for mm-hmm. me, I just want to put out some positive content. It's just have some good talk and yeah, and and hopefully people enjoy and learn something or, or just find the show entertaining. I'm with you. I'm with you on this. Um, you know, uh, everybody is so you know. There's so much division. Uh, there's so much negativity right now. I, I want my show to be a break from that. Yeah. I want my show to be an opportunity for people to just relax sit around together and enjoy listening to something, something to kind of give you an escape while you're on a nice long drive or on a commute somewhere, or you're sitting around and, you know, uh, just listening to it wherever you are and um, having good stories, you know, spreading good cheer. I think we need a lot of that nowadays, the way things are, um, because no matter where you turn, there seems to be some kind of nastiness or hate or combativeness or, you know, something. Um, yeah. And, and I find it fun. I find it funny mm-hmm. because the people that are fighting are, the, are just are the regular are the regular people that, mm-hmm. that are suffering the most. And, and we're fighting yeah. each other. And these politicians are just lining their pocket, mm-hmm. not caring about any of us. It doesn't matter if you're red or blue. Either uh-huh. either part. Anybody who goes into politics, it seems like they're coming out of it multimillionaires. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Their constituents is like ridiculous. Isn't like that the truth. Kentucky is one of the poorest states, if not the poorest. Mm-hmm. And Mitch McConnell is worth twenty seven million. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um go figure. <laughs> like Yeah, it seems to be this exponential with a lot of people. It just seems to be this exponential spiral of wealth, you know, just through the ceiling. And um, I mean, even if you had the best four oh one K in the world and you contributed to it with what they make, you'd never have that kind of money by the time you stopped working you know it's just i don't, I don't know how you, you know? go to i don't know how you go into public service and, and you mm-hmm. come out of multi well they, they're gonna say it's oh it's my speaking engagements and there's all these other oh whatever it's those back lobbyists yeah. over there just paying you off. yeah 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 I, I really think that um you know we need um i, I really think term limits are needed um, you know, term limits are needed to get the next person in there, get somebody in there who's fresh, get some new ideas, and you can't have the same people in there decade after decade. It's just, it, it's, it wasn't meant to be that way. I mean, when the country was first founded, you had to drag people kicking and screaming into Congress. They didn't want to go because they all had stuff to do. You know, they all had farms and businesses and things that they were working on, and they didn't want to go down there and spend time working on that stuff. They, they wanted to get back home and get back to work, you know, yeah. so... Um, you know, well, hopefully, you know, 
hopefully we'll see some change in that. We'll see some changings of the guards in the next couple of years. You well, know? We'll see. So, we'll uh, see. I, I, we'll I'm, see what happens. You know, <laughs> I, I, listen, I, I'm, 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 I wasn't too happy about Biden either. It wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> to me. It, I looked at it this way. I, I was looking at it this way. Mm-hmm. Either way, I was going to wake up and continue doing what I was going to do. That's it. Right. I was going right. to, I was going to keep grinding. I was going to keep podcasting. I was going to keep doing me. If it was Trump yeah, in office yeah. or if it was in Biden, mm-hmm. office, it didn't matter to me because yeah, yeah. I had to continue to do what I had to do. I, I wasn't going to go mm-hmm. fighting in the streets because, no, I, I I still got to grind and do me. They're, mm-hmm. they're not. Exactly. They, they, they exactly. weren't worried about me, yeah. so let me keep doing me. I agree with you. I agree with you, you know. Um, and really, you know, it's, you know, there, there, there are people in office, there are people that have certain controls over certain things, but ultimately, you know, as an adult, as a grown person, you're responsible for yourself, first and foremost. Yeah. That's what people have to realize is that, you know, even though, you know, there may be some factors that are affected by people in public life and everything ultimately you know it's your responsibility you know to make the best life for yourself and take control of things the best you yeah. can so uh yeah yeah and um I, that's something that you know kind of learned a lot about you know especially um in you know what i've been doing the last number of years um entertaining and performing and uh you know kind of running my own businesses here you know um i you know was have been fortunate through covid and everything you know and that i that i've been able to pursue the best the absolute best advice in show business i ever got you know what that is what's that don't quit your day job <laughs> because <laughs> because i haven't and i've been very fortunate to be able to keep it you know but i do have um outside of my day job you know i do have um a business that i haven't been able to use this year because i'm um it, because of the covid shutdowns and you know i uh, have a murder mystery company um the foul players of perryville that's kind of what um the foul players radio was named after um i live in perryville maryland which is um it's almost in delaware and you're not that far from me no no not at all not at all you and stolly and everybody else in the philly area you know yeah. we're right up the road yeah i'm right near the delaware line and um right on the bl- the banks of the beautiful susquehanna river where there's all kinds of waterfowl so we decided the name of our group was going to be the foul players of perryville you know foul play because of a murder but foul because of birds we have all kinds of beautiful wildfowl along the river, you know, yeah. waterfowl, eagles and ducks and geese and everything. So um, we we kind of named it after that. You know how they had Second City, but then Second City TV. And yeah. we have the Foul Players of Perryville, now Foul, foul Players, Players Radio, Radio. <laughs> which is my podcast. And, um, you know, so we have that. But the murder mystery, you know, we perform on riverboats. We perform on trains. We perform in vineyards and breweries, which are all very small contained areas, which nowadays equals moving Petri dish, you know? So uh, we just haven't been able to do it. You know, I've taken a big hit from it. You know, again, fortunately I do have my own day job and everything to keep it going. Um, I've been doing a hell of a lot of podcasting. Um, I've been actually, I've had my podcast now for two and a half years and I've put out, Oh gosh, 81 episodes since COVID started so i've been able to do that's been my meeting listen listen i start like i've I, like I started towards the end of uh, April, right? Like right, I dropped my right, first, right. yeah. I mm-hmm. dropped my first episode towards the end of April. Uh, today I dropped episode sixty-four. Yeah, yeah, that's about you're you're about on the same you know pace <laughs> so as I am. I'm like right I'm um, just I'm just grinding and and recording and mm-hmm. it, it's like I, I have 
episodes I still have to that I, I recorded like two three weeks ago that I still have to edit so I can put them out. And, but I'm having such a great time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. For me, know, I, I was fortunate this year that I had a couple of um, a couple of projects that I filmed last year were released this year. Yeah. Um, I've done some Discovery ID shows. You know, the kind of show where um, I'm sure you've, you're familiar with ID Discovery. Yeah, of course. Um, my wife watches a, a cup. Um, like um, is, they have a, what is they have some of those mysteries like where people disappear and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, so she a watched, lot of like yeah, like uh, unsolved yeah, mysteries and stuff like that. Yeah, so forensic stuff like that. Yeah, she watches and, shows like that. Yeah, and reenactments of murders and different crimes and things like that. And um, I was in one of those last year. Um, and that got released this past June. Um, and then um, it was called Dead Reckoning. Uh, Dead Reckoning. And I was in I think the fourth episode of it. And then um, I had uh, Kimmy versus the Reverend come out this year. Uh, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Schmidt movie. And that was a lot of fun. Uh, if you've ever seen the show, it's a funny show. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, Tina Fey does a lot of the writing for it. And Tina Fey's like in my age group. So I kind of get the humor and the references and the things she's kind of going for uh, when it comes to the jokes and the gags and everything on the show. I was in a, uh, I had a, I was in a scene, probably the funniest scene of the movie, if I say so myself. I played a bartender in kind of a hillbilly bar. And if you're familiar with the characters, uh, Titus and Kimmy end up going there in their search for the Reverend. But of course, you know, when they walk into the bar, you know, you get the, uh, the ever present record scratch and everybody turns around and looks at them. <laughs> and <laughs> that was the bartender. And I said, can I help you strangers? You know? And, um, you know, so they come in and they're obviously fish out of water. And it turns out that, um, and I, I guess I can kind of give it away since I'm not giving it away. because the movie's been out for six months. Um, you know, Titus ends up going up with the band and singing Freebird because everybody in the bar was yelling free bird. And that's what people in you know, bars like that do. And that was uh, truthfully not too far from the bars I used to frequent when I was younger um, in East Baltimore. You know, a lot of uh, free bird yelling and a lot of, uh, you know, uh, chicken wire and beer bottles being thrown and stuff. <laughs> and um, so yeah, I got to do that. And uh, that was just a wonderful experience. Everybody was great to me. Um, I got to work with Titus and um, uh, Titus Burgess. Actually, the character's name is, you know, he get, gets a use his real name and uh of course kimmy was ellie kemper who we all know from the office and then um we also had paul laser who you may remember from silence of the lambs um if you remember when they found clarice found the uh the girl's body and the bug was down in the throat and they took it to the guys who knew all about the bugs and they were playing chess with beetles yeah that guy um yeah that guy was in it and um so uh and then claire scanlon was the director who directed a lot of office episodes and is also an actress too. Um, so I got to work that day and, um, you know, the whole time I'm filming, I was like, you know, Tina Fey standing like 10 feet away from me. And I'm like, Oh, this is great. You know, not, no, I mean, she's wonderful. She's lovely. You know, I mean, it was great, but I was like, Oh God, I hope I don't mess this up. I want, I want them to, right re, I want them to hire me. I want them to hire me once again, another time. So let me not mess this. Exactly. One up. Exactly. But, um, but everybody was just very kind. Everybody was very friendly. Uh, just a wonderful set, a wonderful group of people to work with. And, uh, I got to, uh, you know, uh, you know, 
the the band that was playing Freebird was actually a Leonard Skinner tribute band. And I actually had you know, one of the band members on the podcast a few months ago, too. Um, and he was just wonderful to talk to. So um, it turned out to be you know a, just a wonderful experience all around. You know, Not only a good chance to perform, but a good chance to make some new friends and meet people, which I always enjoy. Oh, definitely, definitely. I, I, I've met some great people and I, I've met some people that I'm, mm-hmm. we've become, we're becoming friends and, and hopefully they're, they're friends that, that I'll have for years to come. Sure. It's just sure, these, these yeah. are just those that are the type of connections that I'm making doing the podcast. It's like those are the those are the people I'm vibing and and I'm attracting into my into into my my zone, I guess, basically because mm-hmm. if if it, if it wasn't that, then these people wouldn't be coming into my life. That's how I look at it. It's like I I'm putting out right, a certain right. vibration mm-hmm. and, and I'm vibing with the right people and I'm having a great time. Mm-hmm. For me, for me, just just to like sit down and and talk to talk to anyone and have and and just have meaningful conversation is just it's fun. I I, I kind of look forward to to these moments. Mm-hmm. And, and and I enjoy doing it. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I started my podcast, you know, Foul Players Radio, out in twenty. 18 with really the intention of it being local. Um, I, I do listen to quite a few similar podcasts of mine, like the Carson podcast. I listen to Gilbert Gottfried. Um, I've listened to um, you know the Kevin Pollack podcast. Eddie Trunk um, is another one. And they always have you know, celebrity interview. And, um, you know, I could just sit and listen to these folks for days. I just love hearing their stories, how they, you know, move their way up the chain and, you know, found success over time. And I um, just kind of started mine, but it was just meant to be people that are regional entertainers, you know, in the Baltimore, D.C. corridor. Um, you know, my manager got interested and um, started sending me some people that are with CPM Talent, who is my management company, the people that are you know, that, that my manager is George Ann with CPM Talent. And she sent me uh, Liz Priestley. She sent me Shannon Wilson. And, um, you know, they've been making their rounds in the SJ network. Uh, yes, I've had actually, um, but that, I had, I've actually had both of them uh shannon me and shannon had a a great talk we had it was yeah, so funny because yeah. um she she loves hip-hop she listens especially she listens to um houston rapper um scarface who happens to be one of my favorite rappers and we we, we connected on mm-hmm. that and that was like amazing and then with liz she's not that far from me because i'm i'm in uh northeast pennsylvania she's in philly yeah, yeah. and um we just had a great time as well so it it, it was those those are two of my favorite interviews so far in the last few months mm-hmm. yeah i met liz over the summer actually at uh at a cpm like a little informal gathering and um she's just delightful she's absolutely delightful and um really easy to talk to she's a lot of yeah. fun we had you know, my wife is also um an actress under cpm and um got to meet her as well and actually uh, liz's uh, boyfriend is an actor um with cpm too and um just just a you know just a delightful lot um and i'm actually uh, going to be interviewing shannon really soon too um, yeah. I watched uh, Snow Babies to do my uh, show prep. And wow, what a movie. Have you seen that yet? No, I haven't, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Oh, definitely oh check it God. Out. Let me tell you, that that's a good movie. It's well done. Very well done. Um, and whenever you get a chance, I would definitely check it out. But um, you know, so it, so then you know, the podcast kind of expanded to Philly and New York. And then um, so I started finding some more people um, you know, just through connections. And then, you know, like a lot of people in the Baltimore, D.C. area that had been like on the radio and on the news for years and years and years. 
years and everybody knew them you know, yeah. down here. Um, some kids show, oh, excuse me, some kids show hosts. Let me see some bands, of course, you know, and musicians, um, and people that were like kind of like celebrities in this region. But you, you've had yeah. some, you've had some pretty good celebrities come out of your region, man. This, yeah, this, yeah. This, some, yeah. some pretty um, good ones come out of your around from the DC, Baltimore, all that kind of area around there. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah. Well, you see, we've had John Waters, of course. We've had um, Edward Norton. Uh, he was from Columbia, which is kind of a, that's between Baltimore and DC. That's sort of like a suburban area. Um, there was, geez, who else? Well, you know, Divine, of course, with John Waters. Um, let me see. Um, oh, the girl from, um, God, of, of course, the minute I have to name them, I draw a blank on everybody. But, um, but, uh, you got two, uh, uh, as far as, even as far as comedian, you have uh, Martin Lawrence is from the DC area. Yes, you have, yes. Uh, you uh, have, uh, Steve uh, Harvey. Dave Chappelle's from the DC Dave area. You have, you have a lot. You have a lot of people. To, uh, and then, mm-hmm. as far as, for me, I, I, one of my I, like one of my favorite hip hop artists is from from the DC area around there, uh, Wale. Mm-hmm. So you have some real talent out there in that area. There is, there is. Um, you know, I, I played in bands for a lot of years myself. Um, and mostly um, the heyday of me playing in bands was between like 87 and 94, back during the big hair era. And um, yeah, I, yeah, I've posted those pictures too. And uh, that was about 24 inches of hair and about 75 pounds ago. And uh, in about 30 some years, you know, um, it, there were some very, very talented bands that I would, you know, came from the Baltimore, D.C. area and some very, you know, some great clubs were down here too i think the only drawback i would say from the baltimore dc area you know club scene in that time wasn't really a problem in dc because the music down there was more alternative um baltimore was definitely a metal city heavy metal city um the problem was was that um the band sounded good they looked good everybody could play but the problem was was that there was no striving to make their own baltimore sound like there was an la sound a seattle sound um you know there was you know been new york sound there's a Memphis sound. There's a St. Louis sound. Um, you know, um, everything was kind of just reminiscent of other things there, which I really think held it back, you know. Um, and it just seemed like things were a lot more imitative as compared to setting out and trying to march to the beat of your own drummer, so to say. Um, but, you know, not to say that there weren't bands that were great. You know, we've had, um, you know, from this area, you know, um, and actually, you know, from you know, Maryland, the region is like kind of Maryland, West Virginia, Virginia Pennsylvania, yeah. Virginia. Virginia, the Mid-Atlantic. Um, we've had Crack the Sky. We've had Wrathchild. We've had Kicks. We've had Face Dancer. Um, we've had the Ravens. Uh, there have been a lot of bands that you know have done fairly well commercially and are you know, good bands. Uh, we've had Child's Play. We've had uh, Mystic Force. Um, you know, a whole you know a good number of bands from this area yeah. here. Um, there were a heck of a lot more you know that could have been you know if they had just kind of I think just wanted to strive to be themselves as compared to sort of blending in with the rest of the scene. Um, you know, so um, I was kind of striving for that. And then, of course, I meet Steve Joyner a few months ago. And then all of a sudden, the floodgates open. And instead of putting out between two and four podcasts a month, I'm putting out about a dozen or 15 of them. And uh, thank you, Steve. We appreciate it. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, like for me, it's been like I went from doing like one every other every two weeks or something like that mm-hmm. to doing yeah, yeah. two, three, dropping like the most I've dropped in a week was probably four, but I've done where 
Mm-hmm. I'm averaging now three a week. That's what oh, yeah, I, that's easily, what I, that's what I'm, I'm like this last week. I took a week off. I wasn't, I was under the weather. I didn't really do any, really anything. I didn't mess around with anything. Mm-hmm. So, but this week I gotta, I gotta make up for it now. So I, <laughs> yeah, I got, I got a lot of work. To, yeah. I got some catch up. So it's like, since I've hooked up with Steve is he's hooked me up with so many different people. And mm-hmm. from, from there, I've also ventured on my own and, and made my own connections. Yeah, so, yeah. but, but just for the, but just the fact that, Working with him has boosted up my confidence and mm-hmm. and and boosted up my numbers because I've, I've my numbers have gone up. It's it's to the point where now people are actually content contacting me to be on mm-hmm. the show and right, I'm like right, right. That, that, I'm like wow like you really you really yeah like we like your show we want to be on it I'm like okay cool and, and yeah yeah so mm-hmm. for, me too so so for me that's like and he's been a big major part of it and I want him to know that I appreciate him doing what he does because oh, he, yeah. he does a lot oh he sure does without a doubt without a doubt you know and um you know he, he and the thing is too that the you know all the connections he sent us everybody has been very nice and down to earth which is another good thing um yeah. nobody's been difficult you know nobody has been egotistical or um you know like looked down on us or anything like that you know since we're not like larry king or david letterman or johnny carson or somebody sweeping the nation you know we're a bunch of you know podcasters with you know a, you know, that are kind of regional and um you know kind of working our ways up but you know the people have been just as gracious and just as kind and treated us just like they would have treated any other host they, they with just the same they respect just, and, just, you yeah, know, they're just regular people. They're regular people. They, they really are. They, they talk. Really they, are. They, they're regular people. They like the regular. They, they. You. It's so funny. You would like. You would never think that me and like. Like I said, you wouldn't think me and Shannon Wilson would have anything in common. I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm. I'm a, I'm a Puerto Rican from East New York, Brooklyn. She's a Texas <laughs> girl. She's from Houston, Texas. And you would never think that we had something in common that we would actually connect and, and bond with. Like she shot me a message. Oh, me and the husband were listening to such and such radio. And, and I thought about you. And I'm like, so it's cool when, when you, when you get to meet these celebrities and they're just regular people, they're just regular. Oh people. yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, it, it is, you know, I mean, like I said, everybody's just been very, very kind. Um, and, um, I've just absolutely loved listening to their stories. You know, I mean, I just feel like, um, when I interview them, I just want to have like, a big tub of popcorn here and just sit back and you know, <laughs> just sit there and uh, well, munch well, away while listening. Yeah, well, li- look, Lisbon has been acting for over 25 years. She's, she's yeah. been acting mm-hmm. for over 25 years and she finally gets her big break and it's mm-hmm. with, and is with one of the biggest stars in Hollywood. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, it is. You have one of the biggest stars in Hollywood. You have one mm-hmm. of the most up. You have one of the most up and coming actors from Stranger Things in it. Mm-hmm. You have um, one of the most respected hip hop artists in Method Man, and so like you, you're, sur- mm-hmm. you're like for your feature film to be with three known like known celebrities, three known <laughs> yeah, hot, like they they they're known in Hollywood circles. These are play- for your feature mm-hmm. film to be that way, and then and just still be the most humblest person and, and down to earth mm-hmm. person it, it's refreshing those, those, those that's refreshing oh it really is it really is you know um like like i said i I'd met her um just at a gathering this past summer and um she just couldn't have been just you know um i walked in and sat down and we were all kind of sitting around and talking and eating and everything and you, you just felt right at home saying hello and introducing yourself to her and um you know it, it just seemed like you know, that, you know we just you know got talking about different things 
and you know a bunch of us were around and we're you know, just laughing and talking the whole night and i just felt very comfortable like i um was sitting down with people i'd known for a while you know um if i if that sounds if no that no makes no sense, that, that makes a lot of sense to me to me that's that's yeah, that's yeah. Th- those are the conversations i enjoy that's what i'm saying like, oh these, yeah me like, too, me too where, yeah where you can sit down with someone and, and you and it's, and time just flies and you're like wow we just finished talking we've been talking for like three hours like and 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 mm-hmm. just and it's mm-hmm. just because you're having great conversation oh yeah oh absolutely absolutely you know so um i can't wait to see that movie um because I, I always liked idris too idris yeah. elba um I, i've been a fan of his since the wire you know which was filmed <laughs> down where that, I'm from, that is, you know, listen, that is one of my favorite series of all time good old um, stringer bell oh and yeah then, stringer um, bell Definitely. and then um you know on the office too i like them on the office and um he's he's one of those guys that's good in everything you know oh yeah um, uh, luther luther is one of my favorite shows mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so oh yeah yeah, yeah. um you know th- so that, that, that i'm just really happy for her she got to uh you know, get right in and play his wife you know, you know a pretty big part you know a pretty significant part there and everything and yeah. um i just have a feeling that's a name i have a feeling with her we got in on the ground floor you know yeah um, that, like that, <laughs> we definitely got in on the ground she, floor I, I feel like when i spoke to her i'm like yo she's gonna be she's gonna be something very special oh she and, is and, she um, definitely is and and she got and i'm like and i'm one of the first people that interviewed her yes <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. So, and, it's um, cool. And, and with Shannon too. I mean, you know that movie she was in, and actually, um, Snow Babies. You know um, that I, I saw you know, the the latest of hers, and yeah. um, the actually a good friend of mine who was a previous podcast guest on my show, um, Ken Arnold, played her husband, and he's definitely he's a good actor too. And I think the two of them, even though they weren't the main characters, you know, in the sh- in the movie. You know, they played the parents of the main character. They, they were both, they were wonderful together. I thought they had great chemistry and yeah, they're, they're both very, very, very solid. I, I can definitely see why they got cast in those parts, you know, um, without a doubt, without a doubt, you know? Um, so then I think we're going to be seeing some big things out of Shannon as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. If she keeps it going here. You know? Yeah. She, yeah she's, I just hope she's amazing. Big things out of me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> nah, you, you, you listen, once this, once we get, uh, once they find something for this and we were able to go, Back to normal, like, and you, I'm sure you're gonna get some major roles. I hope it. so. I hope so. Yeah, I did get like one small job this year, but um, I got a lot of what they call first refusal, where you know you were like uh, the second choice, which isn't a bad thing. Um, yeah. that means people are noticing you and everything. But it, but acting, this is just it's you know having spent most of my career you know, performing playing in bands you know i've really only been acting like for the last decade and i've just been you know making it a point to learn everything i possibly can as i go and just to keep remembering these things that they teach me to just to keep demonstrating and you know uh, executing all the things that i know and doing the best i can um you know i just uh, you know i'm hoping you know just to keep getting better and better at this and have better things come you know i've, I've had some good parts you know like i mentioned the kimmy schmidt was an absolute blast and an absolute blessing. Gotham was another fun one, you know. Oh, that's, um, that's one of that right there is uh if for people who don't know what Gotham is, it's it's the story to how Bruce Wayne, I guess. Yeah, it's I guess prior to to Batman. Cuz at the end they mm-hmm. do show him convert into Batman but it, it's it's I guess you can say it's Commissioner Gordon's story. It's Commissioner Gordon's story in the rise of the criminals. From, yeah. In, really the rise of the criminals um basically setting the stage for who batman's gonna have to deal with when he gets older you know <laughs> and uh when he finally becomes batman and um that was a wonderful wonderful experience that was my 
first um, trip to the dance, we'll say. Um, I had just signed with CPM, and I went on that audition, I think, like maybe three months later. And um, I went up to audition for it, and it was a good audition for me because I didn't have to act. I just had to make dumb faces to be. You saw my character. You know, I didn't speak. I didn't say anything. I just had to be like, make, you know, stand there like a big dummy. And, um, you know, I was supposed to be muscle that the, uh, and, 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 you know, things had really gotten bad in Gotham. And I guess the best muscle he could come up with was me. <laughs> so, and here I am there. And he says, you know, I was uh, mute and dumb as a post is how um, Oswald Cobblepot described me. And, um, I'd actually tried out for another part in that episode. There was a part where um, there was a monster in a tunnel. And I don't know if you remember the episode um, where Bruce Wayne and Alfred were walking through and there was like this monster down there, like a humanoid that was like ripping people to shreds down in this tunnel. Well, I auditioned for that part too and I didn't get it, Um, but I had to go. So my audition basically consisted of two things. One, making dumb faces and B, making noises like the Tasmanian devil. So uh, the dumb faces won out, and I got the part of Dale. And that was an, that was a wonderful experience there. You know, I, I got it, and I uh, went up for my costume fitting and everything. And then I went back, um, got up there early, and I stayed in a uh, you know hotel about a mile and a half away. So I figured, you know, no nonsense getting to the studio in the morning. I'm, like, planning this whole thing out in my head because – if there's one thing I'm definitely afraid of is screwing up, giving myself a bad reputation for something dumb, like oversleeping, you know? I mean, if I relate, if I relate for the shoot, because I got rear ended, it's not a reflection on me, but if I do something irresponsible, like oversleep. So I brought two cell phones an alarm clock and I had a uh, wake up call from the front desk. And so I went to sleep, I guess, at like seven 30. Cause I wanted to get up at around four 30 so I could be on there, be there by six. And it's a mile and a half drive. So I would have had plenty of time to get there and everything. So I, uh, you know, kept waking up every two hours and like jumping up, like what time is it? What time is it? Oh my God. And um, finally I got up uh, like a little bit before four and I was like, all right, I'm up. I'm going to stay awake. I'm going to get my shower. I'm going to pack my bag and go. Okay. So, um, you know, I got there at, you know, um, I guess it was about five 30 or so. And, um, you know, security let me in. I just waited in my car until I, I could start seeing lights going on in the building. I figured somebody would be there to let me in. So um, I went in and, um, you know, of course, there was all kinds of PAs and assistants there. They they got me breakfast and they showed me my dressing room and my dressing room was nicer than it was a very nice dressing room. You know, so I got in there and then all of a sudden um, I'm just kind of looking around and putting my stuff away. And um, then um all of a sudden, you know, the fella comes and looks in my door and, and you know, kind of knocks. And it was Andrew Sellen who played Mr. Penn. Yeah. And um, Mr. Penn ended up being the ventriloquist. And yeah. he was the one who did me in. He was the bastard that shot me. I'll get you, Andrew <laughs> Sellen. You know, and um, so he came over and introduced himself. And he was very, very friendly, very, very friendly. And then they called me for uh, hair and makeup. And um, the way they sprayed my hair for that shoot, you could have broken a baseball bat over my head or bent a crowbar over my head. And I wouldn't have felt a thing with this shell of hairspray and gel and everything they had on my head, you know? So I, uh, so then after that, they said, well, it's time to come down for rehearsal. 
So I walked by the other uh, hair and makeup room and I looked in and um, there was uh, Robin Lord Taylor who played Oswald. He kind of waved to me. I guess he figured out that I was playing the part of Dale. I was going to be in the scene with him. Very, very friendly, very cordial. Um, so we get down to the set and um, the director's down there and all the props people are there and they're getting everything set up finally. And um, so if you noticed in my scene, when I walked in, I was, you know, the big dumb Dale yeah. and I was carrying in a tray of food. And one thing I thought was unusual was that it, it was actual, it was actually real food. It wasn't prop food. You know, it was like a bunch of grapes. And then they had like a smelly variety of cheese um, and it looked like an open tin of sardines. And I think it was like an open tin of anchovies. Uh, I guess those were supposed to be things the penguin would like. Eat, I yeah. don't know. But um, so I'm, I'm holding it and they wanted me to look goofy. And you know, my clothes were ill fitting. Like I was wearing high waters and you know my sleeves were too short. So I'm kind of holding the tray up kind of awkwardly about chest high on me. I'm six foot six. Uh, Robin Lord Taylor, I think was about five foot seven something like that. So when I was holding that tray and we were getting ready to make our entrance for rehearsal, it was nose high to him. You know, so he turned around to say something to somebody behind me and his nose ended up right above that tray. And he looks at me with a sour look on his face. He's like, Oh my God. Oh, what is that? He's like, Oh man. And I said, yeah, it's nice. Isn't it? And he says, uh, do you ever eat that stuff? And I said, yeah, you know, I have sardines like once or twice a year, you know, every couple of years I may get anchovies on my pizza, but I'm not addicted. You know, it's not a, you know, a staple with me or anything. And he said, uh, well, uh, he was, you know, uh, and I said, uh, it's definitely not date food. You know, he started laughing, you know, and we, uh, we ended up talking quite a bit throughout the set. And again, you know, both he and Andrew were very, very nice to me as was, you know, Corey, Michael Smith was just wonderful. You know, um, Again, I didn't have a lot. I didn't have a lot of lines or anything in there, but I really did get a chance to kind of you know, watch and learn a lot. Um, the director uh, Ken Fink, who directed a number of Homicide episodes, another Baltimore guy, and there were actually a couple of people on set. You know, uh, production assistants and hair and makeup people that were actually from my hometown too. You know, so that that was a great that was that was a great thing too, and. Um, I have to say, you know, I for my first trip to the dance, I like to call it, <laughs> I have to say, you know, I, I couldn't have been surrounded by a nicer group of people, you know, and that's in front of and behind the camera. And uh, that's definitely an experience I'm never going to forget. And, you know, I mean, there was just so much going on in that building, you know, just it was almost like those. Um, well, first of all, I mean, being on the set, I felt like I just jumped through my TV screen and then um you know, just walking around the studio and everything. It almost reminded me of those movies that you see where, um, you know, you're at Universal or, you know, one of those old movie lots where people are running around and there's props going here and there and this person dressed in a costume going here and there. I mean, it was really, really interesting. And um, I just have to say, I, I, it was a blessing to really work with them. It really was. And, um, and then, you know, also too, you know, not long after that, I got the J.G. Wentworth that's probably my biggest claim to fame right there because um, I still get like a couple of texts a week. Uh, the people that didn't know I was in that commercial, they're texting me a screenshot of their TV saying, is this you? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's me. That was a fun shoot too. And 
I also have to say that with that, that, that was a blessing because I ended up with, um, three people that I made good friends with and I had them as guests on my podcast, you know, Natalie Vero, Michael Funk and Lothair Eaton and, um, three very, very talented people. Um, there were a couple of others that I had asked but they were just unable to do it, but I'm going to you know, circle back after them. Um, we just really had a lot of fun that day too. Um, you know, I, I got there and, and we filmed that in Stanford, Connecticut, got there nice and early. Now remember how tall I am. I'm six foot six. Okay. <laughs> And, um, I was walking back to my car. I thought I'd left something in the car and I walked past the bus that we were on. That was an actual bus. And we were driving around Stanford, Connecticut, playing eight, seven, seven cash now all day. <laughs> and I, uh, was walking back to my car to get something. I heard somebody you know, saying, do you see how tall he was? How is this going to work? And I was like, Oh no, I hope they're not going to send me home. You know, but they didn't, they didn't. Um, but the thing is, it's like, if I stand flat-footed on a bus, straight up and down. Six feet, six inches is how high the inside of that bus is. Now, if you add eight inches of horns to me, that's how that, that's about six to eight inches for the horns. And then there were also like lights and microphones and things up that were attached across the ceiling of the bus. So I had to stay, you know, hunched down a lot, you know. So I'm walking around basically on the bus like Groucho Marx all day. And I um, had to, before I came in, I get, you kind of see how it went. You, we had the, you had the one fella come in the front and then he walks to the back of the bus. And then the girl is there texting Brianna. And then um, it goes around the bus. And then all of a sudden I come out of the back. Well, in order to pull that off and for me to stay hidden, I had to stand down in the well that le leads to the door. And um, the, um, you know, when it was my cue to come forward, I had to stay kind of squatted down. I had to kind of step like backwards into the side to get around Brianna and then kind of you know, sweep into the, to the uh, camera and do my part, you know, my lip syncing part there. And um, I, it took us a couple of times to get a good couple of times to get it. And I got to tell you, that is probably you know, the best buns of steel workout you could ever ask for <laughs> because you know, you want to talk about quads and glutes, boy, I tell you, you know, I could have jumped about 30 feet in the air after that with the way of the workout I got. And, um, but you know, I mean, you know, the crew took care of us, you know, the uh, production staff was absolutely delightful. You know, I, I've been very, very fortunate. And, and I have to say that too, for the ID discovery and you know, everything I've done and, and, and even the things that I did that were kind of like local and regional before this, you know, I, I cannot say I've ever had a job that I've ever hated, that I've ever despised. I never want to think about again. You know, um, I've been very lucky that way um, in performing. You know, and um, I've got a lot of fond memories of playing in bands and stuff too. You know, right. so that's that's good. Listen, yeah, you you found what you you enjoyed, what you love to do. This that, and that's when mm -hmm. I, that's that's what I that's how I feel about podcasting. Like I mm -hmm. I, I had yeah. I had been I had been like one. I like I didn't know what I was passionate about. I, like there's a lot of things I love to do. I love to play games. Uh, so I'm, I'm a big gamer. I, I love watching pro wrestling and stuff like that. But I I didn't really have mm -hmm. anything I was really passionate about. And then I got right, behind right. this mic and I'm like, wow, like mm -hmm. okay, this is this is this is something different and unique and something I've never mm -hmm. felt before. So I'm like, all right, let me keep keep doing this. Let me let me keep 
going <laughs> and going. And, and every time I get behind the mic, more and more and more, it's just more confidence comes out. Oh, yeah, yeah. So for me, it's like, wow, like, oh, man, I... From, from where I first started to where I'm at now, I'm like, it's night and day. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is. The more the more and more you do it, the more confidence you gain. And the thing is, you got to, and the thing is, too, is that um, you also don't let yourself, you, you also don't let things rattle your cage. Um, now, like, for example, when I first started playing in bands, oh, my God, I had the shakes, you know, when I was a young guy, you know, going up and playing in clubs, especially one that we hadn't done before or they yeah. didn't know us. I'd be nervous. I'd be shaky. I would feel, you know, butterflies and all that stuff. Then after a while, um, you know, that goes away. Um, but then sometimes it comes back, like if you have a bad show or if wherever you played, the people didn't like you for whatever reason, or you just didn't go over that night or for whatever reason, um, sometimes they come back. Yeah. But after a while, it, it, it's gotten to the point now where, you know, uh, whenever I perform, I just go do it. You know, I just go do it. I just, you know, right or wrong, I believe in myself. <laughs> you know, I just go yeah, out. Listen, if, like, if, I, if you like, don't believe in yourself, is, who's going to believe you know? in you, man? Like If who's if you don't believe in yourself, who's going to believe yeah. in you? Right, right. I right. have the utmost I'm not, I'm not, What I meant was, you know, the belief is there, but is it always going to be a great performance? You know, like I said, you listen, know, I always do the best I can. Listen, but listen, sometimes even, you miss. Even you know? the great ones have, um, have bad day and nights, man. Even the great ones have bad nights well, they sure it, do oh like, yeah they no, sure do they no one sure no do. one is perfect yeah you just, you just you just have to accept the good with the bad that's right 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 oh absolutely absolutely you know? like i um, i know this some of my like my early work was not the best but oh, yeah well, people people appreciate I, I, they appreciate the like the, the progress they're like yo you've you've come a long oh, way yeah. from when you started they're like we're really sitting out like to me it's it, it's humbling like because people just come like yo we me and my girl will sit down and we'll listen to you and from where you started to where you at now come a long way and i'm and and i and i appreciate that that's like Wow, that's a that's like a huge comp. Oh yeah, I love and it. In a I, year from now, and in a year from now, you're going to be head and shoulders over where you were now, and then a year from then, you're going to be head and shoulders over from where you are a year from now. You know that it's going to keep going, and you're going to keep getting better and better and better at it. You know, and um, it's just like you know, you keep polishing and polishing and polishing along the way. You know, and I think you're doing great. You know, I tune in. You know, I've tuned in definitely. I've heard you know you uh, on your show and everything. I you know the only thing you got to do is get rid of that ugly logo on the wall behind your head. <laughs> But no, um, uh, no, no. I, listen, one of my favorite stadiums is Camden Yards. I love going to Camden Yards. Oh, every it, Yankee fan loves going to Camden Yards. No, not, you outnumber not. the Orioles fans, and you get to abuse us all night. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's a great park. Like I had, yeah. I was like maybe ten rows behind third base. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. and I paid eighty dollars for the tickets mm-hmm. at Yankee Stadium. All the probably paid a, like two thousand dollars for those seats. Oh, easily, yeah. And yeah, at Camden yeah. Yards, I'm there saying you're six. I'm six one. I'm like mm-hmm. two eighty. It, it's like it's a little snug in those seats, but it's it's a great. T- it's I would tell anyone to go to that ballpark. Hands oh, it's down. a beautiful like, park. Yes, I love it. And then then the bars across the street. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's great. <laughs> you know, I, I I have a lot of fond memories. You know, growing up, and um, and of course I'm just busting on you about the Yankees. You know, <laughs> I I grew up in the seventies. Um, I started watching the Orioles, and oh, I think it was. I started watching the Orioles and the Colts like in 74 when I was in kindergarten. And um, I got to tell you, you know, back in those days, the American League East was no joke. Oh, listen, you had uh, the, Baltimore. Yeah, was, Baltimore, you had uh, Jim Palmer. You had you had a great team in the 70s and oh, 80s yeah. with, with oh, those yeah. Baltimore teams. Earl, Earl 
Weaver with the manager, and you had some great. Oh, yeah. You had some, and I'm a, I love baseball, so I used to watch Kyle Ripken. I, Eddie Murray mm-hmm. was uh, one of my favorite plays, and and that's just not the fact that he's because he's opposite opposite opposing player from, but for me, I just love watching great players play. Oh yeah, so you know, it and, watch, it and just so many memories from the '70s. You know, um, those three playoff runs: seventy uh, seventy six, seventy seven, and seventy eight with Kansas City and the Yankees. That was some baseball right there. Um, you know, uh, watching Reggie Jackson, you know, watching Earl Weaver go up against Billy Martin, watching, um, you know, watching pitching duels, you know, Jim yeah. Palmer and Ron Guidry, you know, Scott McGregor and, um, you know, and, and that, actually McGregor played up there too for a couple of years <laughs> before he came down here. So did Rick Dempsey. Yeah. Um, and then Paul Blair ended up up there. Um, let me see. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so many of them, so many of them. Um, and just such great rivalries back in those days. You know, um, I can remember, I think it was 80, 1980, when um, the Orioles won 100 games. And they were still three games behind the Yankees and didn't go to the playoffs. Because um, back then, because back then it was, it wasn't. Yeah, no wild card. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. And it was only what two it was only two it was the east and the west east and the west yeah it wasn't no central it was it's just the east and the west absolutely Absolutely. i can remember in uh 82 um the orioles were in second place and they were uh i think four games three games out of first place with four to play they were playing the milwaukee brewers as their last series of the season that's the team they were in second the orioles won the first three and then got blown out in the last game and that game was um jim palmer versus is Don Sutton. Oh man, that must have been a... And the bullpen fell apart is what happened. Palmer was doing good through five innings and his arms started bothering him. And then the bullpen, the bullpen absolutely collapsed and gave up. I think the game ended up being 10 to 2 because the bullpen just completely uh, imploded. But um, watching so many great teams and so many great players and so many rivalries. I mean, even with, you know, with Boston coming to town, there was Yaz and Jim Rice and Dwight Evans and Freddie Lynn Wade Boggs. Just, yeah, 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 yeah Wade, just the quality of baseball that you got to watch oh, back then. I, 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 listen, that was yeah. to me, and that's those were some of the lean years for the Yankees. Like those were some of the um, really bad years. The eighties were some really the lean, 80s, yeah, the 80s lean years for the Yankees, no, yeah. they was not. We had the whole Winfield scandal and uh, yeah, and all that nonsense with uh, Steinbrenner. So it was just yep. it was the a different 70s time. Were good. I, I I wasn't around for that long in the seventies. I was I was only I only I only spent four years in the 70s oh okay okay yeah 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 i was um i was born uh well i'm a, i guess i'm a few years older than you are but um yeah that, i mean th- those that was just such great you know stuff to watch back then and even um i was fortunate too because you know I, I got to see the colts the last three years they were good before they left town and um you, you, you talk about steinbrenner we had to deal with bob ursay uh you would talk about a piece of work that guy was you know took the colts out of here in the middle of the night you know said that they were staying oh yeah no no, no, they're staying, and all of a sudden, you know, first thing in the morning on the news the next day, Mayflower Vans left the training facility at two o'clock in the morning and took the Colts to Indianapolis. But um, I got to reminisce about those years a little bit with uh, Brian Snow. Have you been on his show yet? Yes, uh, he's yeah. great, isn't he? I've been on Snowman's show twice. He's about to release the unfiltered episode we did. Uh, he's been yeah. on my show twice. Uh, we're 
we're looking to record again. This is just some people I just click with, and we're we're yeah. always we're always like, oh, what are you doing this week? Nah, nah you want to record? Yeah, sure. So yeah. it's that's what I love is just that people are like, yo, what are you doing? Nothing. You want to record? Yeah, sure. So okay, mm. and then yeah. So especially in the network, anybody can send them and say, hey, I need someone to record with. All right, I'm down. Someone mm-hmm. who's somebody to step up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, um, yeah, yeah. Brian and I, I think when we 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 did kind of a double episode where we interviewed each other we ended up going like two and a half hours uh, because he and I, he and I are in the, I think he and I are the same age yeah. and um, we watched all the same cartoons. I think we ended up talking for about a half hour, just about Bugs Bunny. And, um, and you know, he was a big White Sox fan. We ended up talking about like the 83 playoffs and then Harold Baines and all kinds of good stuff like that. And, um, and, and, and then football, I think he's actually, he was actually a Bears fan. Um, he's a transplant to South Carolina. North Carolina. He lives, he lives in North Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah. Is he North or South? He's in North Carolina. Yeah. Um, but he is, um, he was like a big bear. I think he was Bears. Yeah, he's from Chicago. Yeah, Chicago. He, he's, he's from Chicago. Bears so. and White Sox. He's a big yeah. White Sox and yeah, Bears fan. Yeah. How, how do you, let me ask you this too, because there's there's the White Sox and the Cubs, and then there's the Yankees. And then how do you decide who roots for who? Flip a coin? Or is pr- it, is there for like me, per- that, listen, for me personally, I, so the first game I ever saw live was at Yankee Stadium. And I just fell in love with the stadium and the fans. And I've been a Yankee fan ever since. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, if the Mets, if the Mets are in the World Series and they're playing any other team but the Yankees, I will mm-hmm. root for the Mets because they're a New York team. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. But now, if they're playing the Yankees, it's it's something different. It's like right, right. They like the right. little step. They like the little brother all, all day, every day. So mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's um, you know, like like I said, you know, I've always admired the history of the Yankees, and I've always admired you know just all the great rivalries and all the great baseball. Well, well, because all right, so this is why I'm a Yankee watch, fan. This you know. is this is why I'm a Yankee fan. One of one of the greatest Yankee second basemen is Willie Randolph. Oh yeah, I remember him well. Yeah. So my nickname was Willie, and uh-huh. <laughs> Willie Randolph was one of my favorite players. So I I went I became a Yankee fan. That's how that's how that's, I look at it. Because mm-hmm. not not really any. Well, my uncle's a Mets fan, and um, mm-hmm. he he was a diehard Mets fan, and and we would battle all day about oh your team sucks and. <laughs> but oh, it, yeah. it's all cool yeah that, that, that's it, it see you know, growing up in baltimore if you weren't a colts and an orioles fan you were stripped of your clothes and banished to the wilderness and um well you didn't <laughs> you, 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 you didn't have many, you didn't have many yeah you don't like now you have the nationals but and the ravens but prior to that and prior to that it wasn't really yeah it was redskins yeah colts and, and um yeah they're, they're the washington senators they had had a couple of senators oh, yeah. teams there um they were there until the early 60s and then they became the minnesota twins and then um they got another team that ended up becoming the texas, texas rangers, rangers yep. and then um there was um you know always of course the redskins um and then um, well, we okay we can no longer the, call them that um yeah, that's the, right. I forgot we have to about call them the, that. Fo- yeah. the football team in, in yeah. Washington, is it? I don't know. Whatever. The, whatever the name Washington is. football team. Yeah, Washington football team. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. And then, um, you know, um, there, then, you know, of course, there was, you know, the, you know, they had the Colts. And then actually, there was a USFL team there, too, for a year. Um, there was a USFL team called the Baltimore Stars. They came from Philly. So I think the USFL was around for like three seasons. And the Stars were in Philly for two of them. And then they came to 
to Baltimore, and then the USFL got disbanded. Yeah, because they decided that they wanted to compete with the NFL, and yeah, instead of yeah. staying where they were at, and mm-hmm. and yep. and then um, and actually for two seasons before the Ravens came from Cleveland, uh, we had a CFL team. We had a Canadian football team called the Baltimore. The first year they were supposed to be called the Baltimore Colts, but the NFL sued and wouldn't let them do it. And then um, they became the Baltimore Football Club, just like the Washington yeah. thing. And then um, after uh, the second year, they called them the Baltimore Stallions. They gave them the name the Baltimore Stallions because horse racing is a big Part sport here in Maryland. It always is. That's why they had the Colts the first time. Yeah. And um, then all of a sudden, you know, the, okay, so here we go. We have a uh, Canadian football team. They went to the Grey Cup the first year and lost with a field goal at the very last play of the game. They win the Grey Cup the second time, and then three weeks later, they're booted out because the NFL's coming. And they ended up taking the team to Montreal and making them the Alouettes. Oh. And yeah, so, um, but I, I like the CFL too. I watch them in the summertime. They're on like ESPN 43 or however many ESPNs <laughs> there are now. You know, they show them once in a while. And yeah. I love that. It's a wild version of football. It's a very wild version of football. The field, so I the enjoy field is that. different. The field is different. And the, the, yeah. yard, the way the yards is, yeah, it's, it's completely different game. It's, mm-hmm. but, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, but, but getting back you know, to, to the Colts though, you know, um, the last three years they were here or the last three years, they were good. I got to watch them. I was in elementary school and um, the first one, uh, the first, they go to the playoffs in 75 and they played at uh, three river stadium uh, against the Steelers, the Terry Bradshaw, Franco Harris, Lynn Swan Steelers. And they, yeah, and, the and, and they mop, they mop the floor with them, you know, so the, they were one and done the next season in 76 they hosted a playoff game and the Steelers came to Baltimore and the Steelers mopped the floor with them again but there was a plane crash in the upper deck of the stadium after that game as people were leaving and uh, I've told this story to Snowman and a couple of the other guys um, that wanted to talk sports there was an actual um, the, the Colts couldn't get anything going that day and so um, there was a guy who got drunk apparently he was drunk and he started flying a single engine Cessna around the perimeter of the stadium flying around apparently from what I read he was throwing toilet paper out the window of the plane and then he like buzzed tried to buzz the field and tried to make it up over the upper deck it didn't quite make it now thank god it was towards the end of the game and people had already started filing out and leaving so thank god you know nobody was hurt even he survived you know but the plane was trashed and it was laying in the upper deck I have to, I'll send you a picture of it later if you want to see it <laughs> and then finally uh, the last year the Colts were in the playoffs was against the John Madden Raiders. And that was Ken Stabler and um, Raymond Chester and Dave Casper. And um, just a, absolutely, that, that was another dynasty of the 70s right there. And the Colts lost that game in triple overtime. Triple overtime, 37 to 31. And that a-hole owner blocked the show, blocked the game out so it couldn't be seen on TV. Could you imagine the NFL blocking out a game, a playoff game in its hometown during the playoffs? Could you imagine the uproar nowadays? 
selfish that would be. Well, it's, it's yeah, or now, yeah, like same thing with the with the Heidi Bowl. Like you, you, you cut from the Jets game to 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 Heidi. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> so it, it, it's, TV has its moments. It, it, it has mm-hmm. its moments. Yeah, but Michael, it's been great talking to you. No, oh, this is this has been awesome. oh, I've man. enjoyed this, my friend. We have oh, to listen. We have to get you on my show. Listen, I'm I'm free. Question. I'm free all the time. You let me know. You just tell me, and we make all it right. happen. We definitely make. You're it gonna happen. come on my show. You're you're gonna be you're gonna be an, another foul. Sounds like a plan to me. I'm down here. here. I'm gonna down. join us down here, and um, but I've had an absolute blast oh, talking man. to you, man. Listen, it's yeah, yeah, definitely. Hour flew by. Hour flew by. Expanding and taking care of the SJ network here. Oh yes, that's listen. SJ Network is fine. We're gonna we're gonna just keep doing what we're doing and 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 just we're gonna blow up. Everybody's gonna just kill it right now. We just twenty twenty one is is gonna looking real good for us. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, again, I can't wait. I can't wait. We will set up a time. We'll talk offline. And oh, we'll definitely. get a date set up, and uh, you you will be you will grace. Also on foul with your presence on foul players oh, radio. Definitely most definitely watch. Yes. It's been a real pleasure, my friend. Oh, definitely. So, but I need you to plug away. I need you to just let them know where they can find you at. Okay, uh, you, you can find foul players radio. F O W L. Um, it's, it's spelled like that. It's a buzz. It's foul players radio dot Uh, you can find also the foul players of Perryville dot com. Is there's not much on there now because we're not really working. Um, you can also find me on Gotham on Netflix season five, episode eight. I play the part of Dale. You can find me on um, Netflix on the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt movie, Kimmy versus the Reverend. Um, That is, um, I play the bartender in the hillbilly bar. Uh, You'll also see me, I believe it's, it shows once in a while on ID discovery and dead reckoning. Um, But if you just watch TV at any given moment, you may see me pop onto your screen as the Viking the J.G. Wentworth Viking, and uh, you'll see me um, just from time to time, maybe too much, I don't know. Um, And then you'll also, um, on Facebook, you can follow uh, Michael Spedden is my uh, acting page. You have, um, let me see, uh, the Foul Players of Perryville, Foul Players Radio. um, They're all on Instagram. You can also find us on Twitter. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Michael Spedden. And I even started a MeWe page. I didn't go to Parlor, what, but I did what, go to MeWe because I figured maybe people. What is that? Me, MeWe, it's another. Uh, it's another Twitterish, Facebookish, uh, MySpaceish page. I'll you look know. into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I haven't, you know, I haven't uh, looked. At, I don't. I don't think Parlor's for me, so I, I won't. I won't go over there. So yeah, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure um, about that one yet. Uh, but I definitely think um, you know. But me, we, you know, it just seems like just a place where people go with no purpose or agenda or anything like that. You know. I'll check it out. So yeah, yeah. Why not? You know, I figured. Hey, you know, it's uh, as long it's, as it's, um, it's, so it's, it's just another place to plug yeah, yourself. Yeah, you know? that's what that's what it is. <laughs> it's all about plugging yourself. Is is putting yourself out there. So. Yeah, yeah, putting yeah. yourself out. Maybe plugging yourself isn't the best term to use, but uh <laughs> <laughs> maybe not, yeah. maybe not. Hey, maybe yeah, I wouldn't you know, do that. Depends. <laughs> Who knows? They might someone might enjoy plugging themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> I got a story for you I'll tell you off the air though. Not about me. But, you know, like, <laughs> all right. But, all right. We're, we're going to say bye. We're going to we're going to say goodbye to Michael right quick and uh <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, thanks, Wise. I'll see you. All right, wait. All right, once again, thanks to Michael Barton for being on the show. And now it's time for shout-outs. Big shout-out to my man, Steve Joyner. Here's another hookup, Steve. I appreciate it, brother. Big shout-out to my man, Screaming Chewy. Glad to have you back, man. I know it's been rough for you, but, you know, I always got your back. Big shout-out to Talking Real 1000. King Says, Poppy J, what up? Big shout-out to my girl, Brandy J. Big shout-out to my wife, Fina. I love you, baby. And big, big shout-out to all the essential workers out there. God bless you. Be safe. Wise is out. Peace out. Thanks for listening. Listen on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, and TuneIn. Find us on social media on Twitter at wise underscore B underscore blunt, Instagram at wise underscore B underscore blunt, and a Facebook fan page, www.facebook slash wise76. Check back soon for new episodes. Until next time, peace out. Peace out.